This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. There's something, Michelle, I was hoping that we could dig into a little deeper today, following on from right at the end of our last episode, you were talking about how you have a creative island for yourself where you kind of uh, get away from the noise of Instagram and social media and and any outside influences that might limit your own imagination or your own perception of what's possible for you in your art. And I think it's true. I definitely see that artists often find a need to retreat from time to time in one way or another Mm -hmm. to retreat from the busyness of life, you know, to find space for their creative practice, whether it's in their home or in an outside studio. But we can also be worried about whether it's a real worry or not. I'm not sure, but being perceived as too sensitive to these things. I know all about that. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that a bit more. I, I could be a little bit different. Again, I'm just saying this is like me personally. I'm definitely more sensitive in the family as far as like I I have a lot of empathy. I feel I you know watch a movie and I feel pain and I cry. So I do feel like I'm probably more sensitive in a lot of ways than most of my family members. Um, and and I used to think that that was a bad thing, mm. and now I'm really realizing that that sensitivity is actually what allows me to go deep in my art. And it allows me to get closer to that. But with that said, when I have family members, you know, in my studio, even if my husband's helping me frame, I'm still like, no, I can't work with you here. <laughs> like it's, mm. it's, it's a weird thing for me because I feel like my energy just can't take in the energy. I know that sounds really like woo woo, but to me, it's like an energetic exchange. And it's not, yeah. I love being around him. We get along really well. It's not that he's annoying at all it's more of this like energy i don't know if any one of our listeners agree with quantum physics but i feel like there is this idea of energy that happens that affects us as artists as well kind of like energy fields energy fields yeah i just feel like i'm quite sensitive to other people's energy and what that does to me Mm. as an artist and that I do feel sometimes quite selfish about needing space and it is a conversation that we have in my family a lot it's a joking um loving conversation now but you know I think I mentioned earlier earlier days I would feel really guilty about needing that space but now it's something that we all know I need and it's you know, something that I've had to kind of come to terms with and just be okay with needing that space on my island. I'd love to have you all to the island, but only on a certain day. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be on my island by myself. Yeah, I've definitely felt that too. It's strange and and I say that it's strange because maybe only by talking to other artists I'm not sure I have actually talked to anyone about it but you know when you're trying to have a conversation with your husband that just hearing him in the house kind of mm-hmm. puts me off mm-hmm. that's a difficult <laughs> like, conversation listen your shoe footprints <laughs> on the ground are causing a problem and I yeah. think it's because what it does is it's not the particular sound or anything it's an awareness of this person in as you say in your space 
like a distraction. I don't know if this is a, a personality thing. I don't know if it's a bit of a gender thing. We do bring that up from time to time, but it's almost like when there's someone else, even in my wider space, like in the house, a part of my brain is saying, I need to be thinking, are they okay? I need to be aware of what they need. The good old nurture person. Yeah, like what's happening? Do I need to be making sure that things are okay? I was speaking to someone and I can't even remember who it was, but they were saying I might need to jump off this call because I'm expecting uh, a a plumber to arrive at any Mm -hmm, moment or mm -hmm. something like that. And even like having someone else in Mm -hmm. the house who, you know, isn't my life partner, who I'm not connected (laughs) with in that way. But, you know, it's just a part of having any part of my brain off trying to take care or be aware of something else that's happening and monitoring it. And it's just Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe this is just my mind going 100 miles an hour all the time. I'm nodding with you completely because I was thinking about how when I'm on this island, the thing that happens is that I'm completely absorbed. Yeah. And when you're completely absorbed in your art, which is really where I feel like the best results come from, and you really kind of put everything else outside, that's that creates some really special artwork. You know, it's like yeah. this energy between you and the art process. And when you have these distractions, I'm going to call them distractions. I'm sorry. I love my family. They know I love them. Yeah. Even the dog, when she goes tap, 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 you know, I do find that those distractions take me out of that um, being really present. I definitely Mm. find that I'm one of those people. I don't know if this is true for you too, Beck, but I'm one of those people like, I get in the zone and then it's really hard for me to get out of the zone. I'm like a lock into the zone. You know, I know that Mm -hmm. people are like, let's be multitaskers and let's do all the things all at once. I'm not so good at that. (laughs) I have to confess, I find that it's better for me to be in a zone and then like lock into the zone so that I really create a more intimate experience in that zone. I've had people express the desire to say like, oh, I'd love to just have a little bit of time to, you know, go into the mountains somewhere and be in a cabin by myself and be a hermit, which I'm like, sign me up because that's that's what yeah, I dream about yeah. as well. And the, the thing that I love about that idea, the thing that feels so attractive to me, like your creative island and why I do really enjoy opportunities like I don't mind if um, <laughs> my husband wants to go go off somewhere by himself. Sometimes he goes and has a, a catch yeah. up with with friends, and will they you know will actually go away. And what I love about that is that you get to be in that zone entirely. As in, you can get absorbed. It doesn't matter when the meal's going to be. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about feeding anyone else. You don't have to worry about you know, feeding yourself. If you, you can sleep when you want to sleep, you can eat when you mm-hmm. want to eat, you can just be entirely in service of whatever you're creating. And when you don't, when you want to stop and sit outside and stare at the sky for an hour, it just feels completely uninhibited. I feel completely uninhibited, uninhibited yes. by any kind of expectations and we've talked about those sort of expectations whether it's expectations of what things are supposed to look like of what your art practice is supposed to look like just oh I don't know it's just my little dream (laughs) I was like yes and I'm sorry but you know what else came up for me I was like that's why I'm not really a huge fan of doing commissions I Mm. find that even a client in my head 
is an inhibitor exactly. of knowing their constraints. So I think mm-hmm. that that speaks to, I don't know, maybe we're a little bit different, Beck, but I maybe. like to be in my head by myself. Yeah. I like that space. And I think that, you know, especially in the today's world where we're so many roles for so many people, there is a bit of guilt, you know, yes. that comes yes. with that. But I have to say that I have really been working through being okay with that, especially because my studio is at home now. And, you know, if there's dishes from breakfast that the kids didn't clean, I'm yep. not going to go clean them. Sorry. That can be that energy quantum field yep. as well. I've got to say, like being, you know, jobs undone, just worries, just the things we carry, mm-hmm. all of those have a kind of energy and a pull on our mind and on our creativeness. And, you know, I think when we say go off into the, it could be by a deserted beach or go into the mountain, whatever your favorite fantasy creative island is you know I think a part of it is that feeling uninhibited is that when you take yourself out of the everyday it's not necessarily about escaping your loved ones and family (laughs) it's when you take yourself out of the everyday where you don't think about those daily things you get to drop a lot of other baggage that that yeah that comes along with it so in your everyday yes you're thinking about you know meals and dishes in the sink and that kind of thing but I think a lot of stuff hitches a ride with that as well so it's hard to separate that out from you know the Instagram noise or the expectations that your extended family expressed at the last family lunch or so the these energetic fields kind of pile on each other I think when you get to go outside it feels so unusual to be working and having a space where there's no schedules you know even just you go Mm -hmm. away and you don't have to look at your phone you don't have to be on calls at particular times you don't have to you know get the shopping done just because all the usual structures and Mm -hmm. schedules of your life fall away and it's like a bit of a trick because you can also drop all the brain chatter that comes with it I'm just imagining the delight yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm literally <laughs> okay. like fantasizing about this island. <laughs> we both want to just leave the podcast right now. We're just There'll be a click as, as Beck and Michelle disappear. <laughs> but I think that's why I say it is part of the process as artists, I do believe, is to figure out how to quiet the noise, how to create yeah. these little islands for ourselves and how to also own it like what a not treat. feel guilty about what, it I you know think. and yeah I think it gets tricky when it's hard when other people maybe in our life don't see through the artist's eyes to know what that experience would be like so they may not have mm. that experience but even I look at my husband and my son and who they're big sports fans and for them it's like such a little sanctuary when they get to watch their games together you mm. know and for them that's as close as of analogy as I can get to them so I think that art if it's important it is one of those things like even if people don't understand it kind of giving them help on analogies that they could understand that would help give everybody the space they need because I think that's true for the whole family I just feel like the more space I've given myself as an artist the better it works for the whole family as well like there's a bit of a ripple effect of just pure happiness 
that yeah. comes through, you know, and when yeah. you're happy, then you're just a more pleasant person to be around and you, you know, inspire that for the other people around you. So for me, it's, it's a process of figuring out. I definitely, I think I've mentioned this before, I definitely went through a period of having a studio outside of the home versus in the home. And I do find bonuses to both, but I have found that for me, having a home studio works best for me so that I can get to it easier without having Mm. a big commute more than two seconds. Um, But with that comes being able to like close the door when I don't want people around and, and really understanding when the best time for that is, you know, and, and, and my studio, by the way, even though I paint this picture of this fantasy island, it's a shed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shed. It's in the backyard. It's not fancy. Um, I love it. It's like a total island for me, but it's not to anyone else. It's not going to look like a special place, but for me it is. And being able to create a little pocket somewhere has been super helpful. Um, and, and then working around you know, the schedule of when other people won't be in that space has been important. So I literally say to my husband, hey, are you going to be in there working on any frames? Because I'm not going to be in there then. So I <laughs> hint, yeah, no, real for real. Like we we do work around because I just I I can clean, I can sweep up, but I can't work. Even if it's something that's super easy and it's a no brainer task, I still find that it's not like my brain's just I'm just like hanging out with them, and then I start you know chatting and cleaning. You know, yeah, your brain's running different tracks. It's running yes. different things. Yes. So creating it's so managing this kind of brain space. I think that there's a perception which we have talked about around that other people might have who aren't in creative industry type work Mm -hmm. where they don't see necessarily recognize the work of being an artist they'll say oh yes you do this fun thing it's like having a hobby you do this fun thing with paint so it's fun number one and I think the idea of needing space of say going on a retreat or shutting the door, all of those things seem kind of another word that comes up is indulgent. Yes, I was thinking the so you, same thing. So yeah. you're having a lot of fun and you're having this really indulged lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually really important to recognize and talk about what the work of an artist is and that these are things that we're talking about apart. There's a whole range of really valid and valuable things that we work on as artists and in any kind of work where you're creatively drawing on yourself, on your own imagination, on your own perspective, you then need to spend time like knowing yourself. You have to spend time creating the space for that work to happen. And all of that is part of the genuine work of being an artist. And that's where it's like, if we don't really validate that important work it's Mm. easy for someone to say it's not important stuff including ourselves by the way oh yeah totally totally um, if if we think that the work that we do begins and ends when we're standing in front of a canvas putting the paint on yeah or you know getting that ready to sell then we are kind of shortchanging ourselves and also that's where I think we can it can start to create problems as well because we don't recognize when there are issues coming up for us in that process 
that the issues might be arising from actually this broader frame, which is the work that we need to undertake, you know, as in the preparing ourselves, the um, refilling our own well, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a part that I'm a huge fan of focusing on is how to refill that well, because it's not a it's not it's an ongoing process that um, I've seen. I'm always blown away by how many artists don't find that like they don't want to give themselves permission. I don't know if they don't find Mm -hmm. it valuable, but there's a disconnect with giving themselves permission to do that kind of work. And just FYI, like I've worked for some really great companies and they do this work too. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not something that's this little dirty artist secret. These, These big companies pay teams of people to do these things like gathering inspiration and traveling and getting a point of view and re- like just the whole topping up your bucket and getting a perspective like that's a thing and there's people yeah. who get paid really good money and there's multiple people and I was one of them I've I've been paid for that job I had dream jobs like where people are like you get paid to travel to look at trends and things yes it was you know yeah. so the fact that we don't give ourselves permission to look at these things. It's crazy. It goes back to that idea of this perception maybe of ourselves as like a machine, like Mm -hmm. as creativity, something that you turn on and off with a button or maybe like a tap that you turn on and off, except even with a tap, the water's got to come from somewhere. At some point, you know, you've got to literally refill that well. Um, I have a quote actually, which I think you'll like because I know you've talked about Seth Godin before. Love him. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. He's a written lots of book. He kind of straddles the worlds of creativity and then marketing and business. What I love about yeah. him is he's all about doing the real work, like the mm-hmm. the true work, the authentic work. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do believe he's great at straddling all three of those things. But it comes mm-hmm. from such an authentic place that it doesn't feel like that, even though he's super good at all of that. He's, I guess, known for looking at things with a really fresh perspective and, yes. and having creative ideas. Yeah, and he's a real thought leader in the creative space yeah, as opposed to a marketer. So this quote is from uh, one of his many books. This one was is called Lynchpin. And I love he said, that. Sorry, <laughs> I love that book. I love, that I love book. all his books, yeah. Well, you'll love this quote then. He says, people who tell you that I could paint a painting like that are missing the point. The craft of painting, the craft of writing that email, the craft of building a presentation – those are the easy parts. It's the art and the insight and the bravery of value creation that are rewarded. Boom. Love and it. And what I, I love about that, yeah, I think that speaks to what I'm getting at with really questioning and valuing what the work, what the true work of an artist is. Because mm-hmm. I think what he's saying there is there's the craft of the painting itself, the, the mm-hmm. technical skills involved with the execution. But there's this deeper level. It's the insight and importantly, the bravery. And I think those are two things that the insight speaks to creating space for reflection, the space, the mental, the emotional, the um, 
physical space that you need to question standards because we don't get to create new things, which is what we're trying to do, by being constantly kind of um, inundated with just the everyday what we've known before. We're, we're like pushing into new lands and fresh new perspectives and yeah. new visions, yeah. exactly. And I also love, which I guess is kind of connected to that, the bravery. The bravery was exactly what I was thinking because it's like he, what he tackles is how to really work through the resistance as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in order to make fresh things, we do have to have bravery, but we also have to tackle the resistance to being shut down, even in our own mind, of why something wouldn't work or why we shouldn't take time to do this thing. And so, yeah, I think that the bravery is such a huge, important part. And there's so many pieces to the bravery. Yeah. And it's such a, like you've said, it's a personal development journey. So there's all this work that we need to do within ourselves, within our mindset, within our emotional landscape to prepare ourselves to be to really bring out that deeper art which can sound super dramatic I know which is why (laughs) even as I said that I thought oh wow this sounds really over the top and again it can seem self-indulgent but you know I'm going to use one of your phrases let's hang here for a second I do feel there's a difference in people who want to dig deeper into Mm -hmm. these things um, and it's not a right or wrong. It's just a difference of mm-hmm. paths. And I think that not everybody's up for, you know, digging into what Seth's talking about, digging into what we're talking about. And again, it's not that it's right or wrong. I think there's just different levels of what we can take on in our lives, um, depending on what's happening as well. Because when you, I don't know, I think when the I look at the artists who come through my lens of working with them and sometimes again i think it's it's around we've always had these identities of who is who we've always been and mm-hmm. part of this thing that we're talking about is really going into reinventing what that identity looks like as well mm-hmm. and sometimes it's doing things that we're like this feels good but doesn't i don't know if it's it's the right thing to do that's the other mm-hmm. thing i think when we come out of the school system and i'm going to point to the school system because i'm sure there's other places that this happens in the workplace as well but we we want to do things right we don't want to get it wrong and there's always like the one right math answer mm-hmm. and all these right answers and in this case with art there isn't one right answer and so that's why i think it gets a little difficult i feel like that's part of the equation of am i doing the right thing is this the right path am i getting it right do you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean and i think um, what you're getting at is that artists and we can expand this broadly to say creative work and creative thinkers and by the way i don't I, I think that they exist in a lot of different paths of work and a lot of different industries as well. Like we need creative solutions to in our world at the moment for a bunch of different things. And I don't think that you can be truly innovative and deliver the work that you have, the fullest potential of the work that you have within you. And I'm using the word work really yeah. broadly there whether it's um, an artistic expression, whether it's a technical solution, you cannot carve new pathways. You cannot present 
challenging ideas because anything new in the best mm-hmm. way is probably going to be challenging if you don't have a good sense of yourself if you don't have some bravery to take it out there to the world um, knowing that it's not the usual that other people might knock it down might not accept it might think that it's a weird idea it feels like i come back to this a lot that the very best things always have some level of vulnerability in them and i think we see this say in politics i won't speak to any particular side but in a lot of what people criticize now is to do with leaders who are more interested in protecting their own egos and their own positions and their own power than being vulnerable enough to actually look for genuine solutions that are, Mm -hmm. you know, from the heart that are for something greater. So it's a weird, well, it seems weird based on the way that we've been brought up and the way we think about the world now it seems weird but maybe in a different time it won't seem weird that in order to service something greater that's outside of us in order to really deliver on that broader vision it actually is necessary to start within Mm -hmm. and build an inner strength and an inner fortitude which is where you then you're creating the space and the grounds for that greater external service to come from. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the oxygen mask when you're on an airplane, like you've got to, Mm -hmm. you put yours on first. Absolutely. And that's why I think we really have to look at these things that impact how we nurture, because what we're really talking about, I think, is nurturing your inner self to give you the best results, you Mm. know, and, and that takes practice I think in terms of figuring out what works for us as individuals, it takes discovery as well of figuring out what really gets you most excited. Like maybe an island by yourself like me isn't exciting for you. You want something else. (laughs) Like maybe a rave party is a better suited way to produce art. That's exactly what I was thinking the opposite of that was. How did we both have that idea at the same time? Because we're crazy introverts who avoid raves. (laughs) Because we just thought about what would be the most opposite thing that we would want to be at. It's noisy, there's flashing lights, there's lots of people. <laughs> it's a rave party. Yeah, but I think this is where we have to look at our, our own self for those answers in tandem of, um, you know, making real progress. Because, again, I have my little shed, which to me is my little sanctuary. But in the beginning, it was just a table. It, it was a table in my kitchen. You know, and then it was a little table that was outside of the kitchen. And so these are the the physical things. But believe me, I have taken over the whole house with inspiration images at one point. They were all over the floor. And, you know, it was like, (laughs) stay out of the living room right now because this is where my creative work is. So, again, I'm not saying that you should take over your whole house, but being able to just be okay with how it shows up for you. You know what Mm. I mean? I think that's part of it as well. What comes to my mind too is that I I think one of the things that I've trained myself to do over the years is to look for opportunities when it looks like a setback and Mm. find ways to um, get better at something. I'll give you an example. Like, and I've got 
art examples, but one of the things I was thinking of that really clicked for me was when my daughter broke her arm, sadly, when she was in gymnastics, and she couldn't do anything at gymnastics, but literally practice a low beam, like walking on the beam, Mm -hmm. walking on the beam. She had to repeat this process for months where everyone else is doing all sorts of things. Well, guess what she got really good at? She literally became an amazing beam person and Mm -hmm. because she was put in that position of practicing something that she really didn't really want to do like the beam is tricky for you know tricky for me on a good day (laughs) like it's (laughs) you know but it's not like it was one of those things that can be a bit tricky but anyway I guess the point is that sometimes we're put in these situations that feel like a limitation or maybe a setback Mm. Um, Mm. I'm busting out of my studio right now and I did laugh at myself when I was thinking of this and thought it's funny because I'm like oh if I just had a bigger studio then I could get in there and do more big stuff well figure it out Michelle like just keep figuring out how to make that work in a way that will give you what you're looking for because we have things that come up and block us or maybe become excuses and I think that there's always there's always an upside to it like there's always like well what could I get out of this situation you know that I may not be looking for and again that's part of the work of the artist that's part of the work that we do we just keep being inventive and continuing on (laughs) yeah going on through the the ebbs and flows and the good days and the bad days so I'm thinking like what comes to my mind too is I think what we forget is that it's so important to invent our process and reinvent our process that Mm. allows you to show up as yourself and then when you're really showing up as yourself it's just a really fun takes us to a fun place to show up in the outside world as ourselves as well yeah, customizing your process and oh, I've said it I've said it your way now. Customizing your <laughs> process. <laughs> you're having a terrible influence on me. Um, customizing your process. I think it ties into what we were talking about in episode 16, I think. Just continuing this idea of the work that we do as an artist is that we we foster an awareness of the decisions that we're making and why we're making those decisions because that's how we are more innovative and more creative and so we talked about either unknowingly probably putting ourselves into boxes of all different types based on what's been done before um, what we see is available instead of thinking in a really broad potential of what's possible Um, and I think that happens on so many levels it happens with the process that we use with our artistic practice we might be limited in in not imagining different ways of of doing that. I love being able to observe a lot of artists. I feel really mm-hmm. honored to have that um, through this process of watching artists grow. And and mm. what I've noticed is that most of the time we have these real limited ideas of what kind of painter we think we are. And I'm speaking for myself as well. Mm-hmm. We go into this like, well, this is what I think I paint like because we've either been taught either a certain way or a certain way to approach things. And... So we come into that and we're not always open to is is that one the most intuitive way that it would work for us for one mm-hmm. um and then if if there are other options what are the possibilities and a lot of time we limit our possibilities because we're stuck in this wall of like well this is all I can see so mm-hmm. I think for us to really get great at customizing our own process we have to first kind of be okay with this image that we have of ourselves as it is now 
is is just so limited. I know that sounds kind of negative, but it's so limited. It's just through that lens of what we know to this day. And I know there's a quote somewhere. I'm going to have to find it for you. But it's about neuroscience. I'm going to try to wing it. The brain decodes what it should do based on the information it has, right? So Mm -hmm. knowing that and knowing that you know, we may take courses, we may watch an artist on Instagram and how they do it. And so our brain is decoding, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Um, and the part that I think I love watching the most is is discovering like new things that we haven't seen that could be part mm-hmm. of your process that you have to kind of unpack internally and have space to do that. And the only way to do that is to quiet the outside noise. The only way to do that is to get to know yourself at a deeper level. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. Michelle and I continued this conversation about the work of an artist, and you can listen to the second part in next week's episode. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at unearthingart, and all our other links are in the show notes. We'll catch you next Monday. Mm -hmm.